Hello Sweat, I'm Jack Grady and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Okay everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Sweatcast. I'm your host Jack Brady. With me as always is the co-founder of Go Sweat, Alex Hind. And our special guest today is the co-founder of British Military Fitness, Harry Sowerby. So Harry, welcome. Uh, to the show. Uh, so to start off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and uh, sort of how you came up with this idea of British military fitness and what it's turned into today. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Um, it's good to be here. Yeah, I'm often asked, you know, how did um, British military fitness come up about and actually it came, it, um, myself and two friends were sitting on the film set of Saving Private Ryan dressed as Germans and uh, just thinking there must be something better that we can do than this. And we'd, for a lot that year we'd been basically doing movie extra work and there's yeah. a lot of army-based films coming out around about that time. So that was 1998, we were sitting there. And I just finished my physical training instructors course for the reserves. And uh, the other two guys, uh, one was ex-regular army and the other one was ex-10-power, um, a corporal in the 10th parachute battalion. And we sort of came up with the idea. Uh, Robin said he'd been training a girlfriend of his around Hyde Park and suggested that we should do some sort of army-based training in Hyde Park. And uh, so we approached Hyde Park. They said yes. And that was... uh, So the first class was in April 1999. So that's it. And we had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) We knew how to do a good class, but in none nothing like this existed yeah. so um, we all invested a thousand pounds each we spent a thousand pounds on an evening standard advert and we stood in Hyde Park and just basically saw what happened and I think the first class we had ten people turn up Okay. and uh, it sort of got on from there really little did we know what what you started what we started <laughs> yeah you know it was totally we didn't kind of in those days it wasn't on telly or in a magazine you never saw it so it was an absolutely total original idea on our part. Yeah. And did you meet any of the stars on your original film set? Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. I, I used to just leave them alone to be honest with you. Just <laughs> I spent most of my time asleep behind things. But yeah, it was good fun. It was, uh, it was a good time to be on. Um, in check. Ruins films for you if, you've, if you're actually in it. But uh, it was great. It was good fun. Yeah. So we were in the Waffen SS. We were. It was. Uh, we How did that feel? Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It, the whole thing was run. Well, we ran the platoons like military platoons. So when um, Spielberg wanted an attack on the bridge, with one platoon would go up, or then if he wanted everybody there, the two, one and two platoons. So it was all run really well. It was all the guys there were ex-army, and everyone just slotted into their places. It was really good. And it was really good fun, actually. Yeah, it was. And you watched the film guys. back, or? But, yeah, no, you can't see me. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. See <laughs> they're really good. No, you're somewhere in there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was it was good fun. We were on Gladiator and stuff like that. We were, we, when it says Germania, it should say Farnham near Guildford because that's where that was from. <laughs> but, yeah, so I had a lot of time to sleep on my shield. It was quite cold. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, uh, you have a military background. So. What goes into sort of incorporating that background into uh, the training that you guys do? Well, I've been um, 
I'm currently, I still am in uh, the reserve, so I'm a sergeant major in the rifles. I uh, have been sort of for 24 years, started the green jackets, then it became the rifles. Um, and I served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And do you know what? In court, the best thing about the British Army is that, yeah, it, the British Army is, they shout at you, but they don't shout. It's encouragement with a few more swear words in it. And that is what it is, you know. And, and that sort of camaraderie, the sense of humour, jokes, taking the mickey out of each other, usually when something bad has happened, <laughs> something to laugh at. And that sort of you know, ability to just sort of help each other through is what we try to sort of get across in our classes, that camaraderie, that sort of community, I wouldn't do the word community, but looking after each other. So, you know, you're only as good as the person who's standing beside you, and that's what we're trying to, to, to convey in our classes. And, uh, you know, it's all about encouragement, um, British Military Fitness. It just is, that's what we do. And, you know, we have, we've got the bibs that we're known for, um, everything, and that was just started so we could encourage from a distance. It was only at a later date that we realised that actually you had so many different levels of fitness from real beginners to some pretty fit guys and girls yeah. that actually you then needed to split them up. But we couldn't do that until we had enough people to sort of do that in the day. So you'd have the beginners would do five press-ups, intermediates would do 10 press-ups and the fittest would do 15 press-ups. So they would be there be sent off around trees to come back and find us. And then we got enough numbers we could split them down and that's when we took the beginners away and they had a bit more of a steady class and then the sort of top groups were, were pushed and then hence we now got three levels of fitness green being your advanced red being the intermediate and blue being the beginners but it's those numbers were there primarily so we can encourage from a distance come on 23 come on 54 let's go come on you know pop yeah. a press up it's do people get protected over the numbers do you know i think a lot of people do remember their first number when they turn up and I, mm. the amount of people you meet and go oh i used to do bmf well i was number 12. yeah <laughs> they just you know and do that and that was all about but that was purely about encouragement we in our wildest dreams we didn't believe that we'd have you know this many people but no way I was going to remember everybody's names. And you're trying to shout a name across the field. It doesn't work very well. So yeah. well, it does a number. And, uh, and that was, it's purely for encouragement. That's the only reason that those bits are there for. I feel like I would definitely be protective over my yeah. number. If yeah. I'm looking back to me uh, in prior sports, I always wanted you know a set of like three or four numbers that I Well, now you get issued your number when you, sort of, you join. You get given a bit. Okay. And obviously there's... You actually can go on the website, I think, and actually create your own bit. I mean, somebody sort of got like, I only do this because I love beer, has written on his, he's just got a beer pint on his, he not have a number on it, I yeah. mean, how does that work? But, you know, the community, yeah. now in the regions, you know, they're pretty good like that, they're all a bit nuts, to be fair. So <laughs> how, that, going back to 1999, that very first class when you had five, ten people turn up, what was your thought process when you were stood there in Hyde Park, looking around thinking, is anyone going to show up? What was going through your head at that point? Yeah, well, that's exactly what was going through our head at that point, because we had no idea. Nobody could <laughs> register a class, nobody could do anything. You know, people just had to turn up. And, and we had mats. We went to millets and we cut some, <laughs> some roll mats in half. Yeah. We didn't want people to get their bums dirty. And we did it very much along the lines of a... And the first class was done along sort of, you know, the way the Americans would do it, sort of in lines and all that sort of business. And we realised very quickly that we'd run out of exercises and we were getting bored. So we changed it around and, and just basically adapted 
all that we had learned through our military careers on how to, you know, take guys and encourage. And then we were just, and then you're just limited by your imagination, really. And you got to understand in those days, kettlebells didn't exist. You know, I turned up with some ash poles. And if there's anybody over the age of 40 who's in the army knows what they are, and they are ash poles, and you do arm exercises with them, and they're so now they've got weighted bars, they're all frightfully groovy. And some uh, suede medicine balls, like what you used to have in your gym. Yeah, suede. And they didn't exist. So I, I borrowed them from the, um, the, the, the TA, so they were throwing them out. So I said, yeah. well, I have them. And we used to charge around Hyde Park with those, you know. And yeah. We had logs. I had proper logs okay. and I had them tied to the roof of the red Ford Fiesta and we turned up and I slammed on the brakes and two of the logs shot off and then balanced above the bonnet and then we got the clients to run around Hyde Park with logs on their shoulders. And we used to set up mini assault courses with cam nets and medicine balls and the logs again and ammo cans and you have to crawl under it and jump over things and do all that stuff. And this Sounds is what, like really kind of what I'd call stereotypical army training. Yeah, yeah but then it was, it was just, you only, the, tell you what the army is really good at is coming up with crazy stuff. Right? They really <laughs> yeah. are, yeah, because they've got to keep the blokes sort of relatively interested. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, you can take them on a run every day. And, and when we started, none of this sort of CrossFit didn't exist, yeah. kettlebells didn't exist, all this other kind of stuff, which is great, didn't exist. So, you know, you used to be in the gym, they used to get all the kit out of the gym, and it was just like glorified PT session at school, yeah. you know, rugby session, but with the military banter and the military encouragement. And that's what we try to, uh, you know, get across to the guys, and we still do, and that's, you know, and you come to some of the classes, you see some of the folks, somebody's birthday in Manchester, they can give them a medicine ball, and that's yeah. theirs for the rest of the class. Yeah. I mean, that, somebody down at Plymouth, they've got something else crazy that they do, yeah. you know, and that's, so each sort of areas have their little quirks, which is really good, and I know I love it, they're all completely nuts, I love so, it. So it sounds like the, the early days were a lot of fun, slightly chaotic, yeah. And then how did it kind of evolve from a three men in a fourth fiesta with logs on the roof into what became very, very well known? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, can't remember. Fair. I think <laughs> if you've got to understand that if you imagine go back in time a world without Facebook. Yeah. So pre two thousand and seven, you had internet just and you had emails. So pretty much all our sort of advertising, if we had that, which we hardly had any of it at all, most of it was word of mouth. And mostly that's why people turn up, because they brought their mates along, because they'd had a really good time or they were really getting involved in something. And I think even in those days, the word community and all this sort of that we all seem to be, have to be part of now wasn't, didn't even exist. But I think London, well I know London and other places, can be quite a lonely place. You know, you can join a rugby club or a lacrosse club or a hockey club to make sort of friends if you're new to the area well if you're no good at those sort of things then what do you do whereas you know you come along to a British military fitness class turn up a couple of times and there's always everybody always goes to the pub afterwards do you know what yeah. I mean it's like really is you know you know you work hard there's you know if you want to go and win another marathon well do you know something by all means turn up to BMF and, and that's fine and crack on it's good training but you know it's good to take dedication but if you just want to get fit have a good time um, and make some new friends, then you know you can do a lot worse than turn up to British Military Fitness. And we never even realised that as a thing until it became a thing. We yeah. just were a whole load of group-minded people. You don't need a skill to turn up to BMF. You just need to turn up. Just to show up. You yeah. just yeah. show up, and you know, that yeah. is it. So, and I say, I'm probably saying on the, on the videos, I'm pretty boring, but I used to say it when I used to take the classes, but actually, 
the hardest part of a BMF class is actually turning up to the class. It's probably the hardest part of going to the gym, going for a run, yeah. is actually leaving the house. Yeah, I mean, I say to you, especially how, how fast yeah. can you run a, a three miles in? You go, oh, Harry, I'm, I can run it in 25 minutes. You know, yeah. I can run it, I'm, I'm a whippet, I can run it in 18 minutes. I go, how long does it take to get out of the house? Well, it took me about an hour and a half yeah. to strike <laughs> myself up to go for a run. If I just come straight back from work, got changed and gone, I'd be back. Yeah. But you don't. You say, oh, I'll just tidy up and I'll just put it. You do everything you can not to so go. Yeah. And then More you go do it. anything with cycling that happens, by yeah. the time you've got your lipers on, yeah. your shoes on, your lights are back on your bike and turned on. And you're tired. You've got a flat tyre. <laughs> oh, I haven't got water bottle. I take my shoes off to go and get it. Also, and the other thing, and it's, it's now, you know, you've got... You don't have to book into BMF. You just turn up. So that's one less thing. I mean, a lot of these sort of gyms now say, well, you've only got 12 people in a class, and if yeah. you're not here, you're on a reserve list. So now, do I want to turn up and be on a reserve list, and then, sorry, you're going to be turned away, and be that person, hi, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not here, and book on, well, hoping somebody hasn't turned up, and they go, well, everybody's turned up, sorry, you can't come in. You know, and that's speaking, you know, that's nowadays. If you started yeah, yeah. in 1999, when Virgin Active only just started in those days, and they were talking about their years subscriptions and their year's stuff. Well, you know, we in those days wouldn't have any subscription now, don't have any membership period, but in those days we had a three-monthly membership. You could pay as you go, but we had a three-monthly membership because we thought, you know, you need to commit to us for three months and then you'll see the benefit, you know, and if you can't do that, then really, you know, you just get a kind of waste of money, really. Yeah. You're, you're not turning up, anything's going to get lighter yeah. to your wallet. And so that's why we had a lot of firsts, you know, I remember we were saying, what are we going to, well, what are we going to call this? And the word boot camp did come up, and uh, but we're not a boot camp. And I'll tell you why we're not a boot camp, is that the British military don't run boot camps. We don't have, you will not find the word boot camp in any military um, job in the British. Yeah. That's an American term, and, uh, and that's all about breaking you down and building you up, whereas yeah. we don't do that. You know, we encourage anybody down, but it has become synonymous, if that's the word, with sort of outdoor fitness, I think, yes. you know, but uh, um, yeah, we didn't like it, we, we could have picked anything we wanted, but yeah. uh, we chose British military fitness, because it says what it is on the tin. And at what point did you realise the connotations of the name when it was shortened? BMF. Brett Milford. Brett Milford, I don't know, it just sort of, that sort of just morphs into these things, you don't think about these yeah. things, yeah. When, you, right. when you, you know, you, you set these things up, you know, well, what should we call it, like, I came up with the free class. Virgin Active weren't offering you free classes. Nobody else was offering you free classes. So nobody knows about this. They should come along and they should try. We should put our money where our mouth is. So yeah. we offer free class. And now that's there's not a gym in the world that doesn't offer a free class. Yeah, that's true. You know, so uh, you know, a free whatever it is, and you know, these little things. Now, I'm not saying that people weren't doing stuff somewhere else. They probably were. And in fact, I know they were because. Two weeks before we set up, well, we did our first class in April 1999, we saw a advert, an article in the Sunday Times or something about a company in America called Platoon Fitness, and they still exist. <laughs> and Platoon Fitness did classes at 5.30 in the morning, because they're American, and everything has to happen at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, and we're doing it in long lines, big star jumps, you know, yeah. like, get down, give me 20, and all that sort of shenanigans. And that was two weeks before we were going live with our first class. And I remember thinking, we all looked at it and thought, well, do you know something, if it's working in America, or there is somebody doing it, yeah. well, maybe it'll work over here. And... Yeah. You know, and now you probably go home to your house and you'll find there's somebody set up a, a, a 
a boot camp in your back garden. Yeah. So yeah, it's fine. You know, so many more people are exercising. I think it's fantastic. So what does a typical, uh, what are the typical exercises that you have people do while you're at these boot camp, uh, excuse me, at these training sessions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's always, you know, they're only at a certain, we now obviously move with the times everything. So we now, you know, British Beach Fitness isn't, you know, about the solid, you know, the press up, the sit up, the star jump, you know, the world famous burpee and all those scenarios. You know, there's now we've got, um, hit classes, running clubs, we've got uh, 45 minute classes, we've got kettlebell classes, um, we've got carrying kit around classes, we have people on stretchers, we have, you know, you know stretchers, logs, all this kind of stuff. So Denning is a real typical BMF class. We don't prescribe, we do not send out from BMF HQ, this is the class you're going to do for this month. It is very much on the ground, what the guys feel, what they think their class is going to like and what and that. So there's a great variety, you know, so maybe, you know, hopefully, you know, BMF classes, no one is exactly the same. But the exercises are all achievable for starters and it's just, you know, quantity and it's very much pairs. So you'll be exercising whilst one is running or one is running whilst you're exercising or it'll be teams, so relay races and, and yeah, all shapes, all sizes, all age groups from... 78 to I think the youngest we can do is 16 um, and and everywhere in between really and I say all shapes and all sizes I mean like all these things is what you put in it isn't it so you mentioned a couple of trends then you know, the likes of hip classes kettlebells now are a common phrase in the last kind of four or five years have you seen a switch in terms of what users demand in terms of more equipment or are they still quite focused on you know, I think they like the, I don't think some people really love the kettlebells other people don't like kettlebells I'm personally, I'm not a massive fan. I did them in Kazakhstan about six years ago where they think they invented them. I mean, they come from Russia, they had yeah. those goat skin things and you know, they had cannibals lying around and dead goats, so they made some exercise kit out of yeah. them. That's fine. But, um, you know, but I do enjoy the sort of the hit classes and I enjoy that stuff and also quite enjoy, you know, the running club. So there's yeah. a bit for everything. A lot of people will go. You know, we do ask the members what they like and what we can and we can't do. And, uh, you know, some parks we like to do some stuff, other parks we're not. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, there's plenty of choice out there for everybody, really. And I think that's the, you know, the great thing. I'm not saying BMF is the be end and end all and everything else is rubbish. So you will not hear me slag off any other kind of fitness because I'm in the fitness industry. I'm just saying that we are out there, you know, as are other things, then it's, it's just a good way of getting fit and fun. And it's not about having a top off or who does the work. I mean, I, what, I'm 46 years old, okay? When I was 27, 28, you know, my prime, 100 pull-ups, no problem. Blink of eye, you know, run. I did it on the math and I didn't train for it at all. <laughs> so I bent my knee sideways on the, in January playing rugby for the, uh, well, for the reserve. So I bent it sideways, got told, right, no running for you. I had a place. i just set up BMF and I'd done a couple of classes. I thought, well, my knee feels probably okay. I'll have a go. I did it in four hour, one minute. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I had two of the biggest blisters you've ever seen. I've never had this so because my trainers, after seven hard. miles, started yeah. rubbing. But I've never been on a run further than seven miles in those trainers, so I never knew. But that's the fitness. And after a while, you get, you know, you get on, as I say, I'm 46 now. You know, I can't do some of the things that I wish I could do. Yeah. You know, I can't do 100 pull-ups anymore. You know, my shoulders are screwed from surfing and rugby and everything else. 
So it is quite intimidating when you go to a, a gym or to a thing, and there's you know these guys. I don't know what it is with you know having to have your tops off all of a sudden, you know. And actually, I and think the colours too. And I, yeah, it's just and hugging, photos of each other hugging each other. Yeah. You know, just like, what? Just sweaty hugs, all this stuff. And I just think, well, if I'm intimidated about that, you know, then what is somebody who is new to fitness, you know, and fair play to you, if you walk in there and you join and you push your way through, then I, you know, my hat off to you, but I rather feel that you turn up at BMF and you should really just turn up in your scruffiest tracksuit bottoms and your scruffiest top and then you get a bib given to you, so that was it, and it just doesn't matter what you look like. How do you think we can get over that fear factor, yet constant association with the gym being the best option? I don't think anybody does believe the gym's the best option. Does they? I mean, otherwise everybody, there'd be gyms everywhere. I mean, there are gyms everywhere, but there's plenty of other stuff out there, you know, sort of the running clubs, the sort of the British Beach Finish, other boot camps, you know, hockey, sports. I, I think there's now so much stuff um, out there. And I think that's a great thing. I think there's so much choice, but often I think you should just pick one thing and just sort of use that to get, you know, a lot of people have done British Beach Fitness, got their mojo, got their get their fitness back, a bit of confidence, and have gone off and done a half a marathon or an obstacle course race, you know, be it a Spahn or a Tough Mudder, or then done a normal marathon, and they actually do you know something, they've walked past their local CrossFit gym, and they've gone, do you know something, actually, I feel confident enough to go in there, or their local, whatever it is, or they now have the confidence to just say, actually, I don't need BMF anymore, I can go and do my own run, I'll go and join Pure Gym, or whatever it is, but I like to think that we gave them that confidence, to go on and, and take it further forward. There are some people who have been with us for 15, 16 years, you know, because they love what we do and, you know, and we love having them. And I think that's what's, what's so great about everything out there. You know, there's hundreds of different things out there. CrossFit isn't probably for me. I'm six foot two and I can't, my shoulders are screwed. And why do I want to? I can do it. I just could have, possibly hanging is probably a bit of an effort, you know, my shoulders will literally come off. But, uh, but maybe, you know, British Beach Fitness or cross-country running, I quite like that, you know, just taking my time out and going for a gentle jog and just concentrating on my stamina. As I say, I'm still serving in the reserves. I'm away this weekend, and there's a, I think there's a section competition of which I'm manning one of the stands, and that'll be great, you know. But I joined the army to charge around. My, those days are slightly gone now. So you mentioned there that people, once they've joined British Motor Fitness, have the confidence to either carry on or go and do anything else. Yeah, I really hope so. How do you think that we can encourage, I say we, I'm saying as a sport and fitness industry, how do you think that we can encourage kids in their school years to come out of that with the confidence to, to do activities that they truly enjoy? There's plenty of opportunities in there. You know, it comes down to their parents. You know, you, the kids will do what their parents do. And if you're not very fit or active as a parent, it's pretty unlikely that you're, you're going to really go out of your way to have a, you know, there are some plenty of fit kids out there and fit parents and there are plenty of not, you know, it costs nothing to go and take a football in the park, nothing, until the cost of the cost of a football, in fact, you probably find a football in the park, it's only cost of a football, you know, so there really is no excuse, but I understand, you know, people are busy and, uh, you know, just go walk, go for and you know, just walk around the park. Just start something small. You know, you don't have to join anything. You know, and crikey, you got the, you know, you got the park runs now. You know, but you got to get to those park runs. You got to go and do that. And plenty of people do, but often, sometimes you may feel that 
It doesn't matter. You just go out, get probably a pair of trainers, go for a walk, set yourself a little target. You can just walk around the park, take your kids, you know, to the, to football or something. But I think if you, I say, I think if you're, you know, if you're happy doing nothing, then who am I to tell you, or who are we as the fitness world, if you want to use that word? And I don't really like the word fitness because that's a bit pressurised. I think you know, you should get more active. Yeah. And uh, you know, you see all these fitness things. Oh, you know, you've got in and all the pictures of fantastically beautiful models yeah. who've got abs yeah. coming out of the yin yang and, <laughs> and blokes who've got muscles. I didn't even realise that there were muscles. And I think, well, great, you know, brilliant. You've just alienated probably <laughs> 90% of the UK because not everybody looks like that. Yeah. You know, the clothing. I know it's meant to be inspirational and aspirational and all that. And I just think, well, do you know, go and have a child and then come back and tell me. And yes, some people are very lucky that they can bounce, but other people can't, you know? And I just think, as, a, as, a, as an industry, I think we need to, to sometimes calm ourselves down a little bit. Because what I've noticed with British military fence is the branding around it is, there's always people smiling in the photos, there's always people that look like they're enjoying themselves, yeah. rather than, as you just mentioned, the photos of the men who are oiled up with the tops off, the standing over a yeah. dumbbell, whatever it may be. But in this industry, it seems almost like sex sells to a certain extent, and then people buy into that. Do you think there's any way that we can encourage more brands to focus on the fun and enjoyment aspect? Well, it's just really up to them what they want. Some brands don't care. You know, they they do. They, they really want a load of people rocking up to their gym, sort of eighteen, nineteen stone. I mean, I, I used to, and when we very first started. Uh, I'm going to, oh, I won't play. A Miss Jarvis turned up to BMF class and she was a rather large black lady. In fact, she was so large we said to her, Can you please go away and get a doctor's note? All right, because quite, this is early days anyway. She turned up the next day with a doctor's note. She stuck with us for about a year and a half, ten or three times a week, pushed in, pushed in. She was really quick over short spaces, <laughs> right? But she was just a large lady. Anyway, I think we ended up taking her up to Wales. We went over Penny Fan and did all that sort of stuff. It was a bit crazy those weekends, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. And uh, we were in this, I think, pub, the Swan in Krakow. And there's um, this lady, and she's dancing on a table. Right? She's dancing on the table. And I'm like, blooming hell, you know, what are you doing? You look amazing. She goes, Harry, this is the first time I've worn jeans in 14 years. So I have no idea how big she was when she started, how big, well, I'm not interested in that, yeah? But that sentence, today, I remember that, 19 years on, Harry, this is the first time I've worn jeans in 14 years. Now, did we do that? Did we? Make, no. She did it. We just gave her the vehicle to do it. You know, that's the difference, yeah? British Military Fitness doesn't get anybody fit. It gives them the opportunity to get themselves fit or get yeah. themselves right. And I think, you know, that's what I'm trying to say, you know. And I mean, it's interesting, I wonder who listens to your ghost sweat. Is it the people we want to get fit? Or is it just people who love their fitness and their activities, like to know about, oh, I wonder how BMF started, or, you know. So we're not even, this isn't probably being targeted to the right people, is it? You know, they're probably not sitting there on listening to your very exciting um, broadcasts, just because they just not, you know, and and it is it is difficult, you know, I, I, and I get it, and you know, and, and any sort of encouragement we can do, you know, we will do to try and do that. But uh, I do love it. 
Yeah. yeah. It's good fun. Yeah, no, that's great. And I was just kind of kind of going off that. I, I agree with you. The people who who might not, uh, who aren't interested in into fitness or aren't really into it, they, they might not exactly be listening. So if I, say if I was someone who was out there, maybe who I wanted to get in better shape, um, you know, it's just a sort of a brand new year, trying to sort of reinvent myself. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to that person if they were sort of nervous about coming out for the first time or something like that? So we'll have the answer to that and much more right after this quick message from our sponsors. Hey everyone, Steph here, co-founder of Go Sweat and sponsor of the Sweatcast. Go Sweat wants to make discovering sports simple, so we've created a sports marketplace that allows users to easily discover and book sports and fitness near them. No more scrolling through Google, trying to find your local facilities. GoSweat lets you search for exactly what you want, where and when you want it. From silent disco boot camps to candlelit yoga and even Quidditch, we've got it all. For 20% off all GoSweat activities, enter the discount code SWEATCAST at checkout. Happy sweating! Okay, welcome back everybody. Uh... Just before the break, we asked Harry, uh, what advice would he give someone who is looking to sort of start their fitness journey right now and maybe doesn't really know where to go or who to look to? So, well, um, I think you need to give yourself a goal, but not, I mean, and you know, you've asked me this, but not a crazy goal, you know, depending on levels of fitness, all right, you know, so if you're starting from scratch, you know, you're not going to do the London Math and this April, all right, yeah. I mean, you could do. But you're probably not going to do yourself any favors. <laughs> yeah. But what you do, you can say, if and if it be like I'm going to run around my local park without stopping by the end of May, right? So how do you go about that? So you set yourself a winnable, achievable challenges. If you're looking at a poster of somebody looking amazing doing yeah. a thousand pull-ups, now that takes dedication, and that's that person's job to be hanging on that bar on that poster, right? So don't. Even look at those people, look at yourself, and decide what do you want. If you want to sort of lose some weight, you know, that can also be done by eating correctly, which, yeah. you know, probably a lot of us, most of us don't, you know. Um, and it's just changing your lifestyle, just becoming more active. But say yourself a small girl, maybe join a, a go for like, there are lots of 5K runs now, fun yeah. runs, you know, in, in the summer, or an obstacle course race, or, you know, something like a challenge. And maybe sign up with a mate or a couple of friends. Yeah. And then those people, because it's really hard to do this by yourself. It just, you need to sign up because we've all been there, no matter how fit people are, you can, or, you know, motivated they are, we say, oh, God, I really just can't be asked. <laughs> and then somebody phones up, goes, yeah. hey, she said you were coming on a run. <laughs> oh, I really don't want to, it's raining. Uh, Come on, man, I'm, st I'm outside, let's go. Oh, I'm coming, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're getting back. And so don't try and do it by yourself and also do it somebody who's probably the equal fitness of you as well there's no point going running with some guy who, or girl who's a whippet yeah. all right because you're just going to make you feel really bad like you're holding them up and stuff and a lot of reasons people don't do stuff is lack of knowledge you know and with knowledge you know without knowledge is fear fear of the exercises fear of the classes fear of not knowing what the exercises are fear of not you know and that's probably where 
a you know class environment is is really good. Right? You, know, you know, you walk into a gym. Yes, they'll give you a five minute chat if you're lucky, and then you've got to then work out what you need to do. And they'll write you a program. You can't really remember it, and there's yeah. somebody running a thousand miles quicker next to you. Well, actually. That's where sort of outdoor, I feel outdoor fitness is, because we do explain the glasses. We do ask, you know, do you have an injury? Do we, you know, I'm not like this, so can I do that? And, and then you start to get you know, the core exercises and then move on. Um, and, you, and you can pick that up. And these are exercises that you probably do know because you have done them in the past. So small targets, do it with a friend, basically, I think. And then you'll just find it. A little bit more confidence comes and you've done a couple of these 5Ks and someone says, come do a 10K. But, oh, no, I can't do a 10K. <laughs> well, actually, he says, well, walk it. Yeah. Who's stopping you for? Are you going to win it? No, who cares? Yeah. You're going to probably walk it. You know, are you going to run half of it or break it up, you know? But just do it. It's very refreshing, you know? Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm not going to win the London Marathon. I sign up every year. And if I get a place, I'll do it. If I don't get a place, I don't do it. You know, and that is, you know, am I going to win it? No, it's just I like to know that I can still do it if I have to. How many times have you done it now? Well, um, I don't know, I've done it probably about four or five times. I haven't won it yet. In fact, <laughs> on the time when I did it in 1999, when I hadn't run um, for the thing, I actually got beaten by Uncle Bulgaria, who I like to point out is the old Womble, wasn't even Orinoco, who's the young one. Um, in a sprint finish in the uh, thing. So this dude had run this whole course, yeah, dressed as Uncle Bulgaria in about four hours. Yeah. And I, I think I got in four hours, two minutes or something like that. And it was, yeah, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> and I've just got steadily worse over the years of it because I just haven't really bothered. I'm just, I'm just a plotter. I've always just been, uh, in the army, I was really good at carrying weight. I could just go on forever and ever and ever and ever, nice and steady. And that was my thing, and normally, you know, 10 milers, you know, absolutely not a drama. We're just like chog along. Wasn't the fastest. You didn't need to be in the army. You just need to be in the like, top quarter and then you'll get loads of sitting around time whilst everybody else catches up. So that's what <laughs> it worked out. So, and I was really good at carrying weight. That was my thing. I was sort of known for that. So we just keep chogging on. So when it came to marathon running, I would just go into chog mode and just chog along. And that's what I did. So I've done, yeah, done London, Barcelona, Dublin, New York. Paris, some other random ones, I can't remember. Yeah, but good fun. I'm kind of. I haven't done any recently though. I yeah. do need to get my ass. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, you know, I gotta get my ass off out there as well. You know, crikey, I run a fitness industry, and I'm like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I do turn up the glasses, and I do all that sort of stuff. I don't tell anybody who I am. I'm <laughs> crying in the corner. <laughs> so now we're gonna switch into a little different segment of the podcast. We're gonna bounce some rapid fire questions off of you. First one, what does your morning and nightly routine look like? Half five, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey. That's, no, I don't, I'm not half five, but I get <laughs> right. I did all that in the army. I'm just absolutely rubbish in the mornings, like proper rubbish in the mornings. So, uh, yeah, I've got a dog. I'm actually a wife, actually, um, and, and the dog came with the wife. So we're up in the morning about seven o'clock-ish, um, take the dog out. Um, I'll do some work from home and I'll probably do go for a run I'll take it steady sort of in the afternoon but not every um, day go to the office or go to meetings and get back and then when I can I'll go and visit a class or do a class and go and meet sort of the instructors and stuff and I need it to do that's my new year's resolution is to do that more get out into the parks more you can get um, stuck in your ivory tower a little bit every now and again and then you realise that you've just 
you know, if I do a class, an eight o'clock class, I don't go home till nine thirty or whatever, it's seven o'clock or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's just managing your day properly. Have you run a class recently? Uh, I did uh, two weeks ago, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, in uh, Bushy Park. Yeah, yeah, I managed to pull my calf. <laughs> <laughs> skipping, I was doing. I was uh, warming the guys up, and I was demonstrating skipping. Um, there's a certain way I like my skipping, and uh, um, and I, I I tweaked it before Christmas, and I thought it was okay, and it was quite a cold day, and I just bounded off my right foot, and just felt this, and I went, oh crap! Did you carry on? Or was of course, that? I carried on. Yeah, and I was like, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one of the guys. Yeah, so it's, you know, it happens. Um, it just takes a bit longer to bounce back from injuries when you're getting on a bit. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, so when you're feeling overwhelmed or a little unfocused, is there anything specific you do to sort of regain focus on whatever task you're doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think so. If I feel unfocused, I'll go and have a brew, yeah. go and chat with somebody, come back and Clear finish it off. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, I don't have a sort of some sort of crazy ritual. Or <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have said uh, they just get some fresh air for a run. No, I got a fear. Yeah, no, crikey. Now, do you have a favorite book or a book that you typically give someone that you think has had a nice impact on your life or anything? Oh, some sort of kind of motivational book. Not necessarily motivational, but we've had a lot of um, of fiction books that people just really liked and uh, feel like. I'm 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 pretty. <laughs> You'll find a lot of soldiers are. I'm I'm pretty boring when it comes. To, I do like fictional, but I like uh, David Gemmell. Um, he does really good stuff for just sheer. Want to take your brain out and stick it in a jar, <laughs> and I quite like that kind of stuff as well. But I think if you would say the genre of book that I read is, is probably military history yeah, books. Um, yeah. So a recent, actually, a recent book I read: Craig Harrison, Longest Shot. BMF instructor, thank you very much. <laughs> He's just been beaten by the Canadians. They got something from two miles away, which does take some shooting. I mean, Craig was right up there. So, longest shot, uh, Craig Harrison, uh, BMF instructor. We, he only did the greens because he was quite a scary individual. And he was in the household cavalry and he used to come over household cavalry barracks into Hyde Park and do. And he was in Iraq with a friend of mine. Um, they drove around the Land Rover together. And he's a bit upset that, and he doesn't mention BMF in the book, and he doesn't mention my mate who's in his land over in the rocks. So we're a bit aggrieved, but yeah, Craig Harrison, and it's quite an it's, it, inspirational book. It's it's a, it's a pretty hardcore book, and actually, you know, God bless him, and all those, and all you know, everybody who's done all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, you know, you go back to that. We've trained guys who've gone on to the military, you know, and do that, and you know, we've lost a few clients over there who have current had been in the military, so. You know, it's, 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 yeah. So that's it. Longest shot, but getting a little bit mopey about it. Um, by Craig Harrison's last book I read. Just following on from that, and it's completely off anything fitness sport related. As a ex and current military personnel, what is your view on some of the dramatization of films? So things like American Sniper, and there's lots of Hollywood films that have come out kind of tailoring towards one specific person. How do you interpret them? Oh. I don't really. I just, you know, see what they are. You know, these. There's a new one out. I've just seen the posters for it, and you know, I've. You know, they are. They are what they are. You know, they obviously have people who tell them how to do things, and you know, American Sniper is an American film, and actually, my brother-in-law was in Fallujah when that was all kicking off. So, um, uh, you know, I don't 
I don't, you know, they try and do their best, don't they, within within the, the context of it all. And I think that the modern of the wars, more of us have been there. So if somebody is carrying their, you know, firing their S80 by the left hand, well, that's just not going to happen because that just doesn't happen. Or the way, so us soldiers, spit, like there's a thing about firemen. Or if they did a, a, a documentary or a film about a CrossFit gym, you know, or... They'd get it wrong, wouldn't they? And all the people go, oh my god, you don't pick the bar up like that. Well, we're just as boring as all those people, all the doctors who watch ER. That's where the question came from, so both my parents are doctors, and they see any of these people. Well, even the police, you know, you've got half an hour to have a crime, rest somebody, solve a crime in five minutes. You know, it's it's dramatisation, I think, as a minute we start getting into it, so I don't really get involved in I mean, some of them are terrible, to be honest with you, but... Others are actually, you know, you've really, really tried to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a massive fan of Saving Private Ryan. You know, I think the first bit was brilliant. I thought the last bit was brilliant, the bit I was in. But the middle bit, when they were wandering around the sort of the countryside, what was that all about? You know, it was just, you know, no, their mission was to go go away and go and do it. They sort of mince around the countryside, sort of all yeah. chatting away. It's a good point, actually. You know, they don't really do it. They go and attack that radar station, they lose their mate. Yeah, they needed that. That wasn't their job, yeah. you know. Anyway, so yeah. that's by the by. So, yeah. So, any more quick fire questions? Yeah, last one. Um, feel free to say first thing that comes to your mind or whatever. If you could put anything on a billboard, what would it be? Okay. Well, uh, have a go. I think probably that off the top of my head, without trying to be clever about it, have a go. Just have a go. Just have a go. Uh, anything. If you want to go and chat to the bird over the road, go and have a go and chat to the bird or the bloke, you know. What's going to happen? Nothing, you know. If you want to, if you've always want to do British Rich Fitness, go and have a go. You want to go to the gym, go and have a go. What's the worst that's going to happen? You, you can leave, you know. You can leave after a month many of these places now, so you'll be out of pocket 30, 40, 50 quid. You know, but at least you can say you've had a go. You know, I did BMF, it wasn't for me, but I had a go. I did... Cross one, it wasn't made for me. Oh, I found, I don't know, Zumba Pilates or something. <laughs> that was for me, it's been awesome. You know, but yeah. these you don't know unless you've had a go. And, you know, so that's what I would say is just have a go. So if that does turn up on any billboards, I mean, you think so great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> needs to give me like a couple of quid. <laughs> All right, that about wraps it up for today. Uh, special thanks to Harry Sowerby for coming on. Where can everybody find you uh, online? Oh, uh, me or British Rich Fitness? Both, I guess. Well, probably, I don't really like necessarily being online. Okay, so just British Fitness. But you can find me if you want. I do have a Facebook page. Okay. I don't like everybody on it. And, uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, you can find out where British Rich Fitness is by just searching, putting British Rich Fitness, um, and it'll come up and just put your postcode in the Find My Park button and it'll show you where their nearest park is and all the prices are there. You know, phone up or email if you've got any questions. and you turn up, and the first class is free. If uh, you know, and if you don't like it, cool. At least you had a go, and fair play to you. Um, you know, turn up with a mate. Um, and obviously, because uh, I've come here, and you very kindly had us in. We'd like to offer all the Go Sweat um, listeners and friends of listeners. So if you're a mega fitty listening to Go Sweat, and you know perhaps somebody isn't, by all means, tell them to click um, the code Go Sweat 2018. Um, and that will give them a instead of a one uh, free class, that'll give them a two-week 
free membership to British Winter Fitness. So they can turn up and, and, and see if it's for them. All right. So it's not for all you fitties out there who <laughs> you're doing what you're doing. All right. It's maybe for your friends who um, and, and family, by all means, you know, spread that and come along and go. You know, I know British Winter Fitness isn't for everybody, but it is for a lot of people. So. And as I say, you'll never know unless you have a go. Exactly. All right. Again, Harry, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you. We had a great time, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, guys. That's it for the Sweatcast today. I'm Jack Brady. Hit that like or love button, and remember to share this podcast. The Sweatcast is every Wednesday at 9 a.m. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Remember to keep sweating, and see you next week.